Hello, friends. This is Laura Paget, And no matter what time of day it is, where you are, no matter where you're located, I wanted to invite you into this episode of Living What You're Given. We're in a theme-based series this year called Turning the Tide. And we're looking at things that have not served us well, either as individuals or as collective communities. I hope you'll stick around and listen to my guest today because she's talking about how we can think differently about ourselves and each other, especially when we find ourselves in leadership roles. And she agrees that sometimes that simply just takes intentional pivoting. Hello, friends. Welcome back into Living What You're Given. I am Laura Paget, and I am your host for this show. And each month, I do two shows. And what I've been trying to do in 2023 is follow a theme called Turning the Tide, because I see so many things in our world that just, they're not working. And in my world, and all kinds of different places. So I've brought experts in various fields or people who have stories where they have learned how to turn the tide, whether it's an attitude or mobility or whatever area you can possibly think about education. These are people who are very serious about changing the tide in their world and often in their communities and beyond. There's no exception to that today, as I bring an expert to you in a field that I'm very interested in. But before we get involved in that conversation, I want to thank my son, Gabriel Tafoya, once again for this beautiful piece of music called The Pivot. And I've used that for several episodes within Turning the Tide, because sometimes we have to actually pivot. Now, as a dancer, that can be not only difficult, it can be disorienting. <laughs> and so pivoting isn't always easy. Um, if you've ever had to do it for anything, a sport, dancing, yeah, no, attitudes, whatever. But Gabriel wrote this piece called The Pivot, and I used it a couple of years ago in my pivoting series. So thank you, Mr. Gabriel. And uh, his info will be in the show notes, along with my guests and mine. But now let's go right to my guest. I want to introduce you to a lady who has a very interesting career and is making a big change in our world. And her name is Annie Purdue Olson. Hi, Annie. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, this is fun. And as I told you off air, now we tell the guests again, we're just at my kitchen table. Friends, this is a conversation 
And it's a conversation about something that's really come to light, especially since COVID. And that is employment and ministries and things where we have people who are sort of, if you will, working under others, leadership issues. And, you know, Annie is a certified coach. She also has a Master of Arts in Human Resources and Change Leadership. And that's from the University of St. Thomas. During her time of being a coach, which is how long, Anne? How long? Oh, probably been a certified coach for about 15 years now. Okay. And what she works with are teams um, in ministry, but I think you've also said nonprofit of yep. leaders because change starts from the top down. And we all know that. Yep. Many of us have experienced people issues. Annie has experienced the people issues, the issues with different leadership models. And what she does is she goes in and she tries to help leaders make a more healthy team environment. And one of the reasons I bring this up about COVID is because, you know, obviously we all shut down. Very few people could actually go to work um, or they were working remotely. But when things started opening up, some people were like, no, I'm not going back to work. Now, I know there was a lot of chit chat about, well, they're just lazy people. But even after unemployment benefits uh, went away, people changed careers. And I wonder if being stopped from going in to some of the environments that maybe were toxic or the leadership models that weren't productive, if people sat back and said, wait a minute. I'm feeling pretty good here. I might need to think about doing something differently. Right before this episode, we had one with our friend, Jerry Dugan. You and I both know Jerry from yes, Christian Podcast Christian Podcasters. He's, he's a great man. Yes. And he walked out of a lucrative position because of what he explained were leadership issues. So I think that may have happened in COVID. And I want us to talk to you today, Annie, about your role as a coach. And as you have said in your bio, which is on our website, we're going to give you all that information, uh, folks. You have pretty much focused on lots of areas, but the three that have gotten my attention on LinkedIn and your website are problems with leaders being overwhelmed having people problems yeah, and testing of their confidence. Yeah. So let's take those and let's start talking about when you are called as a coach and you are, I guess, employed or, or you're involved in either the ministry or the private section. How do you identify some of these elements? And let's go ahead and start with the overwhelmed because that filters yeah. down when a leader's overwhelmed the people get overwhelmed everybody's kind of can be in a chaotic yeah. tailspin right yep. yeah. for sure I, I mean i love what you're highlighting in in terms of like what covid shifted or changed i almost feel like covid was a magnifying glass on top wow. of problems that were already existing it wasn't that leaders weren't overwhelmed before um covid they were but it exponentially expanded under COVID overwhelm. It wasn't that there weren't people problems before COVID, but 
when COVID happened, the people problems got even more complex. And it wasn't that there wasn't a lack of confidence or uh, imposter syndrome or struggles with like, can I really do this thing I've been called to do before COVID? But after COVID, it seems like that it's heavier, it's stronger. The burden is more for leaders. And so, it, it you know, we could compare pre-COVID and post-COVID, but they're really the same. It's just one has a magnifying glass or one has, we've just become more aware of it. You're right, even stepping back from the overwhelm that we faced every single day when we went into the office and we dealt with stuff and then we sat home for a little while. We shut down for two weeks and then sometimes to four weeks and then we started picking things up, but in a very different way. We recognized that maybe we didn't have to live this way. Right. Maybe there was another way that we could live. Maybe the rat race that we had gotten caught in um, could be done a little a little differently. And I, I mean, I would say of those three things that you mentioned, overwhelm is the one by far I hear every single time. There is not one leader that I have met with in 20 years of coaching and consulting and then in years of leadership before that, there's not one leader I've talked to that hasn't had to struggle with feeling overwhelmed. Especially when you're in ministry, because the work that we do comes so close to the heart and the, and people have needs. And so we want to respond to those needs and they can feel overwhelming. I had uh, I was in a training actually uh, in June um, with a with another consultant and trainer, and she was talking about how we have to sustain ourselves through the long haul of ministry and hardship and carrying other people's burdens. And she talked about the story of how when she was first in ministry, she would hear somebody's story and it would be like this gem or this jewel that she would hold and care for and have empathy for. And then she would care so much for that. She would put it in her pocket for safekeeping. And then she would hear the next story. And as she heard that story, she would hold it so carefully because that person mattered to God and their need was important to him. And so it was important to her. So she would put that in her pocket. And as she continued to do that and carry these jewels, these precious jewels of people's stories in her pocket until all of a sudden it got so heavy, she was laid out on the floor. And we've all been there. We've all done that where we've carried other people's stories and other people's pain and other people's trauma and their heartache so carefully and so closely to the heart that we've been laid out on the floor. That's not what God has called us to do. Those are his burdens to carry. And so when it comes to overwhelm, what is so hard for us is to be able to take those jewels out of our pocket and then turn them back over to the Lord and say, these are your jewels to carry. Tell me what my part is in that and what isn't my part. And let me not take on the part that is God's to do. And is that true then uh, as a leader of teams? Because I know I'm a leader in dance and Mm -hmm. I have... Uh, led many teams over the years, many, many teams over the last 30, 35 years I've been involved in, in especially sacred dance, because that's a little different, you know, than um, secular. Secular, you've paid your money, you're going to be there, and you're going to do what's going to be. And oftentimes, the dancer's lost in the hubbub. (laughs) And that's just because, this is just one example, that's just because the objective often at the school or the teacher, not everyone. I've had some wonderful teachers. The objective is not always 
for the betterment of the soul of the person. It's for the enrichment, if you will, of the name or the brand of the school. For sure. Yeah. So that, yeah, that gold medal that that dancer brings is a feather in the cap of the studio owner. But to get there, to get to that level, and I've been at that level, but to get to that level, the tenderness with which we must hold the soul of people we are teaching and training and leading is uh, that's a fine line when you have a product that you and and ministry sometimes we're bringing about a product if we're singing or we're dancing or we're talking or whatever we're doing writing we have a product that we want to present to the world to reflect the faith that we have in Jesus and I personally know it's been a struggle sometimes not to get frustrated and overwhelmed because by golly, everybody should be on my bus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That I'm sure. I find myself pulling out of the station alone. <laughs> well, that was helpful. Uh, but um, but what I've learned is to hold each individual with their cares um, tenderly. Mm-hmm. And um, as you said, it can become overwhelming because I still have the responsibility of seeing to it that that dress rehearsal were there, we're ready to go. Yep. That uh, service were there, we're ready to go. So yep. can we talk a little about that? Yeah, I think what you're talking about is what I call sometimes like living in the tension. And I think leaders are caught living in the tension, which can lead to some of the overwhelm that we experience because you live in the tension of caring for your people and caring for your mission. Yes. yes. Things has to be have to be done. If you're going to accomplish your mission, There are tasks to be done. There are projects that matter. There are deadlines to be met. There are tasks that have to be done with excellence, and you hold that as a leader. But then on the other side, you hold the soul of the people that you care for. And how do you balance that tension uh, and live in that tension is one of the, I think, the biggest challenges that leaders have. We do. And um, I wonder what... Just basically, because I want to get to the other two issues here. What basically do you tell them? <laughs> well, As I know, smile at her, I don't do I the video of this, friends. I'm going to start <laughs> doing that next year, I hope. But Annie is, she's just got this vivacious personality. <laughs> and she looks beautiful today, by the way. She's in red Thank and she you. looks gorgeous. But I just, I'm smiling at her like, so what do we do? <laughs> Well, I think overwhelm is a tricky thing because different ones of us are overwhelmed by different aspects of that tension. Um, And I think a lot of that's based on personality. So a lot of the work that I do um, with leaders is really looking at what is your personality? What are your core motivations? What are your strengths? What is the genius that God has given you? Uh, And knowing that about yourself knows what your triggers, then you can know what your triggers are. Okay. Um, so I tend to be a little bit more like, I kind of, I like getting things done and I like feeling the sense of accomplishment. So sometimes I can be driven to get things done and then I can drive people to get things done without being really sensitive to the capacity that they have. And so, um, I mean, and others of us, like when we get really overwhelmed, we might like back away, we might numb out. Um, we might just say, I'm done here. I'm taking a break. And really being sensitive to the fact that people respond to overwhelm in a different way. So that means that you're going to have to have a different tactic every single time. So for me, a more highly driven kind of a leader, I have to integrate pack practices in my life of meditation. 
Okay. Um, I have to take space away. I have to have a mentor in my life on a regular basis that challenges me to slow down and keep pace. Um, and those people in my life that challenge me, um, that confront me, um, that helped me to create space in my life for fun, for play, uh, for meditation, um, there are practices and rhythms I need to put into my life. For someone who maybe has a different kind of a challenge, let's say they're more challenged by um, like the stress or the conflict of people problems, because these three things we're talking about, they intersect. Yes. So you can be overwhelmed by the workload. Or you can be overwhelmed by the complexity of relationships that face you every single day. And how do you deal with this person versus this person versus this person? They all have different needs. They all respond different way. And I have to kind of do a juggling act of knowing who I'm going to have to show up as in order to deal with this person or that person. That can be really overwhelming. Yes. Um, and so sometimes that's education is a really great tool that you can use to help people overcome that kind of overwhelm. You can do team building. You can generate, I would say that when I use uh, different assessment tools to help teams understand each other, the biggest feedback that I get from people is that I have grace for people. Before I thought they were doing this just to irritate me. Now I understand. They're not? I know. They're Wait, not. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, they are. They are wired that way. God <laughs> made them that way. Oh, my goodness. If only God made everybody just like me, right? <laughs> yes, that we would never have insomnia because we'd all be asleep. If you're talking about me, how boring. <laughs> everybody, we'd, we, we wouldn't need Ambien. But yeah, yeah okay. I'm just yeah. talking about myself, not anyone else. Yeah. But that's a <laughs> wonderful. And you know what you've just described is also families. Yep. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and friendships, mm -hmm. um, other organizations. This isn't mm -hmm. just about church or ministry. This yep. is about other organizations. I belong to several different organizations here in my little town. I'm really excited about each and every one of them. I don't really have a leadership role in any of them right now, except for, of course, as a dance leader in my church. But what I I am so grateful to hear you say this because you have to navigate personalities, whether it's in the grocery store, whether it's in the church pew, whether it's in families, whether it's in relationships of friends, all of these things are useful that you're talking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. I've had done many trainings on like different communication styles for how we can connect pe to people who communicate differently than me, uh, differently than you do. And mm -hmm. when it's, like every training I do, I have someone who will comment, oh, I need to use this with my teenage daughter, or yeah. oh, this would help me so much with my husband, or yeah. oh, my friends and I, I get I get them because they communicate. Now I get why they're this way. I get why they communicate this way. It's just every area of our life requires connection. Every area of our life requires communication. Every area of our life requires requires some sort of interaction with people who are different than we are. And would you say, Annie, that grace, a lot of grace is letting go of the outcome? I'm not responsible for the outcome yeah. of a lot of things. Right. And and that taking that responsibility of I'm responsible for how this relationship works completely 100%. Mm -hmm. Or I'm uh, I'm responsible for how this product turns out completely 100%. Would you say that that might be a good thing to learn how to do is let, yeah. let God, as as the big saying goes, and 
maybe that grace piece. I love that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an acronym for grace. If I come up with one in the next <laughs> few minutes, I will. But it is about understanding Poe Buddy's nerfict, as I like yeah. to think. Exactly. And I mean, think about when you think about letting go of the outcomes, what kind of freedom that gives you to be fully present in the moment and to fully attentive to that other person. So if I if I think that uh, I'm responsible for the outcomes of my child's behavior, mm. then I'm going to control my behavior to try and contort their behavior to get to some desired result. I'm not fully being authentic to who I am and I'm not honoring who God made them to be. But instead, if I switch the conversation or switch even the mindset that I have in that moment, and I switch the mindset, uh, pivot, as you were talking about earlier, if yeah. I pivot my mindset instead to be I'm in control of the outcomes and instead pivot that mindset to I'm in control of who I am supposed to be, who God has called me to be in this moment, I am required to show up and be who God's made me to be and honor the person, give grace to the person that's across from me and let God do the outcome. If we pivot that mindset, what kind of transformation that could be? Our children will feel more empowered to be who they are, even if it means making mistakes because nobody's nerfed. Our spouse in the same way can feel the freedom to be who they are. Our team that we're leading can feel free to be who they are but we are still authentic to who God created us to be. So instead of being control of the in control of the outcomes, how can we be control of who be in control of who we need to be, who God wants us to be for that moment? Oh, wow. And you know that's funny because my husband and I are total opposites. I'm the ever ready bunny on espresso. Shots. He <laughs> is a very calm, logical man. And of course in bookkeeping and money matters and so forth um we're very different in not in our objectives we're both very conservative fiscally but we do things and record things and actually just see things differently and sometimes he'll be explaining something to me and the poor man looks at me and i'm just blinking like <laughs> what what, what uh, i and and he knows he has to back up and say, okay, let's try to go at this a different way. And I sometimes will say, well, we just do things differently, but I'll try to see how you're doing that. And him with me as well. Mm -hmm. I do things very differently too. So I think that's wonderful advice, giving grace, understanding that other people make mistakes. And understanding, I think one of the best things is when I can honestly say, well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I love those three words. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. not going to help if a cop pulls me over and he says, Did, you're speedy. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Try again. But I'm just saying it. it's such a freeing, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And that helps me then to be free, to let myself off the hook, to come up with the right answer at all times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is what we're talking about with the people problems part of the, the, that we started right. this conversation with is, is this is really where it, the rubber hits the road. A lot of leaders I talk to, and probably even in relationships is, is like people are drawn into ministry or they're drawn into a relationship because of the desire for connection and their love for people and the wanting to help. And then what I talk to leaders who are at that overwhelm point and they're burnt out, oftentimes if you get at the core of it, the reason they want to throw in the towel 
is yes, because of the people problems that they've been dealing with and they don't know how to deal with it. But if you dig into the, I don't know how to deal with it, and you pull away this need and this desire that we have to control other people, what freedom there is and release from the people problems that we experience every single day in every relationship. And so there will always be challenges and there's skills around dealing with some of those conflict and tension challenges. But if we shift our mindset, if we pivot our mindset to, I'm not in charge of changing them or controlling them or controlling the outcomes, but I'm simply to give the, here to give them grace. I'm here to give them understanding and I'm here to show up for who God wants me to be. It just shifts the burden is what it shifts. It might not shift. You might still have conflict. You might still have sure. an argument. You might have some, still have some skill. You got to work around personality differences, but you stop carrying the heaviness of the burden that comes with that. And I think that's really it. We have the opportunity to set it down. Mm-hmm. Yep. So both of these two things are hugely important. And if you're talking about people problems, if you're talking about, let's see, we're, we're here, we're doing three things here. If we're mm-hmm. talking about overwhelmed people problems, that now seems to me to be fodder for confidence issues. Yes, exactly. You got it. <laughs> Look at me yep. controlling the outcome of this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm steering this conversation. No, I'm just saying, and we're not, yep. folks. This no. is a conversation. We're <laughs> yep. just ebb and flow, come and go, have a cup of coffee. But does that make sense? Did oh, I- totally. Okay. Well, it makes sense, Laura, if you think about, probably it makes sense in your experience, but it certainly makes sense in my experience. Okay. Is that when and I've had those situations where I'm working so hard and not getting ahead and feeling overwhelmed. I'm like going, what did God really call me to do this? Yes. Am I really supposed to, am I really the one, am I really capable or competent? People must see behind the facade I have put up and know that I'm really not able to do this mm. and I'm making it up as I go um, because of overwhelm or you know, you hit that conflict conversation where you're like clueless and you're like, I don't even know what I did to step on that person's toes. And they're so mad at me. What is wrong with me that I can't even do relationships right? Those that self-talk and those conversations that come in our head when we deal with overwhelm and people problems, they just rob us of our confidence. They take it right away. And it is super hard to grab it and get it back. And how do you help people to do that? That's a really good question. I think um, there's some confidence that only comes, I think, from the way we think about ourselves. And so it has to be a mindset shift because I just repeated messages I've probably told myself before. That's where they came from. Yeah, <laughs> Let's that's right. be honest. I oh, mean, yeah. Those are messages I have told myself before. Oh, I um, mean, and I think yes, I have ma'am. to speak truth instead of those lies into yeah. my own brain. Yeah. And it's really shifting that mindset. And I think this is where scripture becomes a really powerful message is, is instead of what am I thinking about myself is what does God think about me? Um, and how do I need to view myself in light of his grace, in light of his love, uh, in light of the if the the heart that he has for me, and I have to shift that mindset. I also think though confidence is built in practical ways. Like if you do something and you succeed, if you're dancing 
and you have a really good routine. And at the end of it, you feel really accomplished. It builds confidence. And so sometimes confidence requires us to get back up on the horse after we've fallen off. And the only way to build confidence is step back into the space where we felt like we lost it. Oh, my goodness. Well, I I hear that. And it gives me the butterflies just to think about it sometimes. But I know it's certainly true in relationships too. There are some relationships in this world that we just simply can, like Jerry did, our lovely friend Jerry, just say, I'm done. He did it in a gentle and legal and considerate, compassionate way. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to slam the door and burn bridges. Um, And that was a the work relationship. And I've had to do that too. I yep. had to walk away because there does come a point where I'm being eroded from a, a spiritual and soul level. And um and that that's very hard to make that decision. But I I really like what you said about looking at through the lens of what God sees us as. Yeah. You know, our enemy of our souls mm-hmm. is the father of all lies. Yep. So what I'm telling myself, you can't do that. You're not. I felt that way before about my podcast. Yeah. I felt that way about writing books. In fact, I'm starting to uh, write a third book and I'm looking in the mirror going, what are you thinking? Well, that is not coming from a God. That's coming from a worldly, competitive, comparison, yeah. perfectionistic, and those are some of the tools that the enemy uses. So mm-hmm. friends, if you're out there, and I don't care if you're leadership or a team member or in a family situation, or relationships outside the family, church, I think what Annie's saying is vital. Now, if you don't have our faith base, and a lot of my listeners don't, and you know I honor you and love you, and you welcome in my life no matter what. But somewhere within your heart, you know the truth of who you are. And sometimes it takes maybe some coaching. Sometimes it takes mm-hmm. counseling. Sometimes it takes um, just a drink of truth. I am okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a podcast a few weeks ago with a woman named Mary Hess, who uh, does uh, the Back 40 podcast. I'm just giving a little shout out there. And uh, her and I talked about this. We talked about truths, and we talked about myths, and we talked about how easy it is sometimes (laughs) to buy the myth instead of looking at the truth. And I wonder how much of that, when I have fallen off my confidence um, bicycle, if you will, I wonder how much of that can be avoided by just saying, oh, no, no, that's not true. Mm -hmm. That's not true. Truth truth is a hard thing today, isn't it, Annie? We're we're all swirling around. (laughs) Like, I don't, some days I don't think I could find truth with a search warrant, sister. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) I'm serious. But it's imperative that we spend that time. And uh, recently, I think a friend of mine, and I have been talking about the rat race you just talked about. Yeah. Taking time out, meditate, mm-hmm. breathe, mm-hmm. honor you, look at your victories. Mm-hmm. I have a friend that I mentor and I tell her to keep a victory, 
notebook. It could yeah. just be one of those little tiny ones. You yep. know, <laughs> today I didn't slap the bus driver. I don't know. <laughs> no, but you're right. The celebrate the small things is what celebrate I hear you it. saying. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. And 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 don't. I think there's a culture I grew up in that said, "Don't brag about yourself. Don't get full of yourself." Mm-hmm. That's not bragging and being full of yourself. That's loving yep. on me. And if I can't love on me, I can't love on anyone. Right. As a leader, as a parent, as a spouse, as a church member, nobody. Yep. Inavailable. So I love what you're saying about meditate, know your truth, learn your truth, keep your truth. Um, And confidence waxes and wanes, I think. Yep. And I think it's okay to just accept the fact that it will. Like some days you're going to have days where the confidence will feel at an all-time low and to just write it out. Like to just tell yourself, it's okay. Today I'm having a low confidence day. Tomorrow I'm going to feel better, get a good night's sleep, have a good meal, and be okay with the fact versus feeling like you got to fix yourself every time your confidence is low or dig into it and like figure out why you lack confidence and what you need to do about it. Sometimes it just waxes and wanes. Excellent. And that's our life. Yep. Life waxes and wanes. Yep. Good times, bad times. And what my dad used to say, I quote this all the time, when the going gets tough, the tough get creative. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean to be doing things. Sometimes yep. creativity lies in the halls of rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something I'm working on to rest, you know, yeah. taking maybe one out of the four shots of espresso out of the other ready <laughs> body. <laughs> try, I am trying to mellow out. I have a wonderful teacher in Jesus. I have a wonderful teacher in my husband. I'm very yeah. grateful. And my son, who's a mellow yeah. dude, very mellow. Yeah. And he often uses that. You got to power through. Yeah. Got to power through. So. Yeah. Yeah. We need those people in our lives that are going to challenge us. I mean, I think those voices help counteract sometimes the ruminating voices in our own mind. I, I mean, I think one of the biggest signs that we're lacking confidence um, or maybe even that we're entering into overwhelm is that we start having ruminating thoughts that repeat over and over like a record in our mind. So whenever you're experiencing those thoughts that are are starting to be on repeat, that's your biggest clue that you need to make a shift or a pivot in the way that you're thinking. So if your thinking wow. is starting to be overwhelming and it's ruminating on the same same thought over and over and over again, that's your clue that you need to do something different, um, that it's more than just a bad day. That's right. And um, I think I, I love the idea of accepting that we have bad days. Yep. Nobody ever promised us we wouldn't. And so the reality is we have good, we have bad. Yeah. Annie, what else would you like to tell the audience just to sort of wrap it, wrap all this up? I mean, friends, we're going to give you the website. She's going to yeah. give it to you. And have you written a book about this, Annie? I haven't written a book about this. I do a podcast, a Lead Your Leaders podcast. Thank you. Where I entertain questions that leaders submit on all sorts of different kinds of topics like this. Um, and they're just short, quick, uh, you know, answers to questions. Um, and I've done a lot of blog writing and um, I've done a lot of conversations and speaking about this, but I haven't entered into the book writing world yet. Someday, Gosh. maybe. Someday, no. maybe it's, I'm not, I'm not ruling it out, Good girl. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I haven't written a lot about it. It just, I feel um, I do a better job. I think maybe I'll have a ghost writer someday. Um, I do a better job actually in the moment with the Q and a, like okay. in the conversation. Um, I feel like I have more insightful thoughts <laughs> and I think I feed off of other people a little bit more than when I sit behind a blank page sometimes. Yeah. 
And everybody does it differently. Yep. And uh, folks, how I got so excited about Annie's work is watching her on LinkedIn. So she is mm. on LinkedIn and she, yep. she has this, um, she has these things, these nuggets that <laughs> she puts out there. But your website again, Annie, is what now? LeadingBetterTogether.com. And the and, name of my business is Leading Better Together too, because I do think we can lead better when we lead together. I just think it's harder than we think it is. It sounds like a pipe dream. Um, it sounds like this wonderful, amazing things, but I'm just going to say that you have to roll up your sleeves and work hard to get it done. And that's mm -hmm. what I want to do is help people come alongside people when it gets hard. Excellent. Are your podcast episodes on your website? They are. And your blog so is my on blog. your website. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you, you have your other contact information there for LinkedIn? I absolutely do. So, yep. Leading, and LinkedIn shopping. is easy. LinkedIn mm -hmm. is easy because my handle there is leading better together. Instagram is easy because my handle there is leading better together. Facebook is easy because leading better together is my handle there too. See, that's great. And all of mine is living what you're given for yep. the most part too. <laughs> yeah. And makes it easy. It makes it easy. And I'm all about easy now. Yeah, I me mean, too. I'm not I'm not crazy about four-letter words, but easy is a good <laughs> I'm with you on easy. <laughs> hey, let's do the easy. I still can't come up with an acronym for grace, I but know. we will. We we yeah. can work that one out. Maybe I'll blog about that. That would be awesome. So I'm so excited to join me today. And this stuff is important, folks. We have tremendous division. We have tremendous discourse that is not civil in our world right now. Yeah, we do. In so many areas. No, I'm not blaming anybody. I am just saying that the practical steps Annie has given us can offer us an avenue to restore peace to our hearts, to our families, to our churches, to our businesses, to our country, to our world. Yeah. And I really think, I really believe in what she's doing. We've been trying to get this podcast interview together for a while, but she's a traveler and I'm a traveler. And yeah, that's what yeah. we're meant to do. And that is. And she fishes, by I the do. way. I love fishing. <laughs> She's a fisher, We're a girl. fishing family and a football family. That's what we say about our family. We're and, a fishing and, family and a football family. And you're in Minnesota. Uh -huh. Minnesota, you can't tell that from the accent yet. <laughs> but you know what? You got the Vikings. I, we, and, yeah, well, got, okay. <laughs> we do. Hey, 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 we got the Broncos. We love them anyway. Yep. You know, that's that. Let go of the outcome and accept people for who they are. You do have to when it comes to sports, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh. Annie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this has been a hoot and a holler. And that's what I try to do with most of my interviews is just go with the flow. But there is something I want people to know about you because this was pivotal in my thinking. And you said, this is one of your quotes. It's from your website. It says, I have experienced all kinds of people challenges. We just talked. Mm -hmm. Overwhelm, people problems, confidence uh, issues, all kinds of people challenges. But I still firmly believe we work better when we work together. I Amen. Think so. <laughs> I think so too. And yeah. Well, now we're going to have all your info in the show notes. And again, I thank you. If you just hang out here for a couple minutes, I'm going to sign this thing off. Okay. Thank you. All right, Annie. Thank you. Thank you. And friends, 
This is Laura Padgett, and we've. I hope you've had as much insight listening to Annie Purdue Olson today as I have had watching her blog, her website, her blogs, and um, learning about some of the stuff she does. But if you are in need of leadership coaching or any kind of um, relationship issues, I suggest you check her out on on some of these websites or on some of these sites that are on her website. Forgive me. And also, that information is going to be there for you. Just click on it. I'll make it live link in the show notes. And for me, there's a live link to my website, which is um, laurelpadgett.com. And my blogs are there. My speaking topics are there. My podcasts are there, too. And Gabriel's information, his email, will be available too. If you think maybe this young gentleman might be of interest to you in creating some sort of musical help for your podcast or whatever. But until next time, which is a couple of weeks from now, when we're going to be taking on some other topics that we want to turn the tide on, I really hope that you will take from this what we've offered you today and understand that there are ways to do things differently. There are ways to turn the tide on what isn't working. And man, I got to tell you, there are ways to pivot. Take care. God bless. And we're going to see you next time. Bye-bye.